Let's bring in our first guest. We have Carly Garner joining us. She's the senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. Good to have you back, Carly. Let's begin with crude, much like the move off the lows from last week and the indices that we just looked at. Crude up from 81.20 to 87.75 overnight, up three days in a row of higher today. Is this tied to the U.S. dollar's retreat I mentioned at the top of the show? Yeah, I think that's playing a, a big role in what we're seeing in crude oil here in the last couple of days. And I think it will continue to. My best guess is the dollar's probably put in some sort of a top. Uh, our monthly charts were suggesting somewhere between 109 and 113 would be a place that prices could and should turn around for uh, in the bigger picture, not just a short-term correction, but the bigger picture. Sentiment just got really, really lopsided. According to the readings we were looking at, there were only like 25% of the market was bullish in the euro and 75, 80% were bearish the dollar. Uh, we also had some prominent analysts coming out and saying the easiest trade on the board is being long the dollar. When you start seeing those types of really, really lopsided sentiment uh, opinions, it, it's generally a good time to start thinking of, of maybe we can get some mean reversion. I think we're seeing some mean reversion in the dollar as well, and it's uh, helping crude oil along as well. Um, crude oil also had some pretty good technical levels. If you draw a long-term support line from the lows uh, made in the fall through um, the current low, $80 is a pretty significant area. And I think the $80 area will hold for now. Um, we're, we're looking at probably seeing some resistance in the mid-90s. And if that area holds, I think crude oil continues to head lower. The, the overall trend is lower in crude. Wouldn't be surprised to see 60, 65 at some point next year. Uh, but for now, I think we trade a little higher as the dollar relaxes and uh, traders reposition. Quick look at that move here, 81.20 up to 87.50 again as we hold near this level right now. But uh, here's a look at both crude and the dollar side by side. So again, you can see crude oil's decline from May highs down to that recent low just mentioned, 81.20, that coincided with the dollar's rally up to 110.78. You know, in terms of some of the other fundamentals, Carly, a dynamic week, dynamic, well, beginning of the month of September, one could argue, you had uh, kind of a, it seemed like uh, talks of Russian oil making it out through China, through India, uh, now just most recently realized a Putin worst case scenario where he actually did cut off supplies to Europe. You've got uh, um, a lot of developments in terms of this U.K. Uh, energy plan to sort of ease some of those inflationary pressures. But, uh, I mean, the list goes on when you're talking about China, ultimately, concerns about some of the COVID lockdowns there. I just heard of this university that's now locked down with they're trying to stamp out a, an outbreak of cases there. I mean, uh, this is a dynamic environment, to say the least, when you're looking at the fundamentals. I think that oftentimes is what sort of helps the technicians kind of feel safe at times. They just revert back to the levels. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely no shortage of headlines coming out yeah. in the energy markets. Uh, one thing I can say that a lot of the crude oil sell-off is uh, is basically the result of what's going on in China, the okay. restrictions, the shutdowns, that sort of thing. Um, I am not a foreign relations expert, but one thing I learned when I got into this business in the early 2000s is you can really never trust anything that comes out of China, whether it's data, whether it's uh, some sort of narrative headline. Um, it's really just a big question mark. I, I mean, this is a, a, a regime that built fake cities to keep their growth numbers up. I mean, they actually have cities that mimic uh, Paris and Jackson Hole. So it's just kind of a really weird uh, situation over there. To be honest, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to learn that the uh, Chinese economy is probably a lot weaker than what they're letting us believe and what maybe what we're seeing in the numbers. And maybe the, the whole COVID story is just a way to kind of mask that and throw people off because 
China is one of the biggest uh, buyers of energy. And so the lower crude oil goes, the better off China is. And so maybe this is just some really crazy, uh, wild way to to kind of benefit them. We we saw this with uh, when we had the trade war with China over the grains during the Trump administration. They did a lot of this in the grain markets. They would talk one story in the media and do something else behind the scenes just so that they could benefit from the price discrepancies. So interesting times we live in. Yeah, this is uh, not uncharacteristic of some of their uh, attempts to kind of uh, um, manipulate some of the data, I, I would have to argue as well. I, I'd agree with that. Let's talk a little bit about um, anything else in terms of uh, the demand side. I mean, we talked, uh, you know, about uh, the energy bill out of the UK, but last week there was this mention of uh, European curbs. Um, did you hear anything about them being approved or not? Uh, I have not. The the one thing that I've been um, kind of focusing on is is OPEC. OPEC seems to be taking a page out of the Federal Reserve book, uh, playbook, I should say. They're they're talking a real big game in the media, but and the reality is uh, whether they raise or or decrease production by a hundred thousand bar barrels a day really is inconsequential. I mean, they're still short uh, their quotas by roughly two million. So they're talking their book, trying to control prices. Um, it worked temporarily in the long run. It's probably not going to work the way they wanted to, but you know, we'll see it's uh, again, no shortage of headlines. So fun stuff. Well, possibly also uh, all of this very, uh, to your point in terms of China and uh, OPEC here possibly supportive of some of those lower prices you mentioned here. Let's talk anything uh, sticking out in terms of the inventory levels, because I know they had been uh, at, you know, historically lower levels or they had been watched closely as they had been depleted significantly. Sure. Inventories are obviously tight. Uh, one thing I want to point out is when you're when you're watching commodity markets, a lot of people want to focus on the big fundamentals and obviously fundamentals matter in the long run. In the short run, sometimes they don't. I remember when uh, not too long ago when natural gas topped out at $10 and sold off all the way to five. During that time, we were seeing like historically low inventories in natural gas. So crazy things can happen in commodities. Sometimes when everything seems obvious is when the, the market turns the other way. So you want to be careful uh, if you're a trader anyway, focusing on that sort of stuff. As a consumer here in the US, I think that uh, going back to natural gas, I think we're really um, actually kind of in a weird, weird way, the Freeport, uh, the Freeport mm -hmm. terminal that had a fire and it's been down. It's probably not going to open. Right. Yeah, it's really helped us out. And I think what that's going to do, to be honest, is allow us to build our inventory back up in natural right. gas. And if that's the case, we could see a really big surprise on the downside here in the next couple of months. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, other commodities to keep an eye on here, Carly. Gold, for the most part, seems to be kind of trading uh, in. Uh, inverse correlation to the U.S. dollar, mostly supported, though, even though we saw that dollar strength gold held for the most part about 1700 I'm not sure if there's much to kind of comment on there. If so, definitely feel free. But I wanted to get your thoughts. I'm sure you're watching some of the other commodities, silver, for example, which is getting a little bit of a lift as the dollar comes off those uh, multi-decade highs I mentioned at the top of the show. But then we also have the WASDA report today. So grains are, are being watched as well. It seems like wheat has uh, affirmed a bit also. Right. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say I think gold and silver might actually be sleepers. I mean, they've uh, behaved just 
poorly yeah. all year yeah. and they've really uh, kind of everybody's given up hope on the idea of gold and silver going up and so to me it feels like we're due for, for a really right. big surprise on the upside if gold can clear maybe about 1750 1760 I think we head up to 1900 believe it or not um, silver's in the same situation I think if we can clear 2050 I think we're looking at the mid to high 20s so uh, I think there's a chance metals redeem themselves later in the year Take a quick look at gold in terms of where things stand because it's been just below its 50-day moving average. It's starting to inch up, but it did find a little bit of support. Actually, now that I think of it, I can check in on silver in terms of where it is versus its 50-day. It's actually starting to lead the way to the upside here. I mentioned that bid. Uh, Carly, appreciate you joining us here. Solid breakdown, talking commodities, focusing on the energies, as I think many will to begin the week. Carly Garner uh, joining us from D. Carly Trading. Always a pleasure. Thanks again uh, for starting a week with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network.